0: Turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to start in verse 13. You've probably all read this Scripture many times before, but it doesn't hurt to read it again. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take in the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now, the verse I want to really focus on today is verse 17, where it talks about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And I titled this message this morning, Trust in the Sword. And you may be looking at me thinking right now, what in the world are you talking about? But as you, we just read this Word, you can see that the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God is your only weapon. Uh, You can also see that the weapons He's talking about are for spiritual warfare. And you know, there's a certain level of trust that you have to have in the weapons you use. Uh, if, If any of you have ever been in the military or you've ever watched a movie that involve the military, you'll see that soldiers often have weapons. You know, this is just a fact of life. They have some sort of weapon they use to, to fight with. And, you know, they have to have trust in that weapon. When I went in basic training, you know, they, they teach you how to disassemble, how to clean, how to properly maintain this weapon so that when the time comes... When you are in the heat of battle, you know how to handle this weapon, and you're confident with it. You you don't have any kind of uh, ill feelings toward it. When you first start out, you kind of handle it kind of awkwardly and clumsily. And you can put whatever kind of weapon you want to in this scenario, whether it be a sword, or a rifle, or a handgun, or a knife, or whatever you can imagine. When you first start to deal with it, you aren't confident. But as you handle it more, as you become more familiar with it, you're able to confidently hold that thing and and you know how to use it. You know what its limitations are. You know the best proper ways to, to put that weapon to use so that when you encounter someone in battle, you're using it to the best of your ability. You know, it's not best to walk into a gunfight holding the gun backwards. That's not going to be the most effective use of that gun. So, that's what I want to focus on today, is is developing that trust in the sword. That Scripture tells us that the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. So what? What do we need to do to develop that trust? Well, as I just told you, it 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 comes from being confident with it. That confidence comes from being familiar with it. Now, my my whole intention today is not just to Get you to read the Bible more. That's not my intent. My intent is is for you to understand that reading the Bible is not enough. You have to trust what it is you're reading. You have to not only believe it, but you have to be willing to defend it. You have to be willing to say... Look, there may be things in this day and time that seem to contradict what the Word of God says, but I don't care about that. I'm still going to believe that this is the infallible Word of God. And even though this English translation may seem to have errors in it, when I do what the Word says in 2 Timothy, and I study to show myself approved, a workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of Truth. When I have done my part, and I have done my research, and I properly understand what the Word is telling me, then I begin to see that it really is true. It really is the infallible Word of God. There are no errors in it. You can't rely strictly on the English translation that you have before you right now, because this is not the way they wrote it originally. Someone had to interpret that so that we could read it. <clears throat> Another place that trust comes from is knowing how to properly use it. You know, when you first start to learn how to shoot a gun, you don't know what the gun's capable of. You don't know the right ways to handle the gun. You don't know what it all takes to make that thing function the way it ought to function. You know, in the M16, and I'm not going to get real technical with you because some of you may not care anything about how a gun works. So I'm not going to get into it real deep. But in the M16, there are these three little washers that have a notch in them. And do you realize that if all those notches get lined up just right, that gun won't function correctly. It'll jam. So, that's just one little piece. Knowing that one little piece of information, when you go to clean that gun, and you can make sure all of those things are not lined up, might save your life if you're in battle. Now that's just one example. You may say, how in the world does that apply to the Word of God? Understand that there are little things in the Word of God that may save your spiritual life. There are little things in the Word of God that might help you when you encounter the enemy. There are little seemingly insignificant things in the Word that may mean life or death to somebody else when you share it with them. But you know what? If you never take the time to prepare... If you never take the time to get familiar with the Word, and you don't know how to properly use it, you don't even properly understand it. Listen, I'm not up here today talking down to anybody about your intelligence level. That's not my intent. We talked last week, it said, the Word tells us that if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth liberally, and upbraideth not. That means He doesn't care who you are, where you come from. You ask, He'll give it to you. So, this ain't got nothing to do with your education level. It ain't got nothing to do with who your family is, or what class you come from. What it has to do with your desire to serve God. And when you have placed your trust in Him, and you you trust in the what the Word says, you've got a source of power. There is is a certain source of power that any soldier has when they're confident with the equipment they have to use. You know, Satan will try to destroy our belief and our trust in the Word of God. How many of y'all in the past week or two weeks or month have heard somebody on TV or maybe you sat in class and had a teacher tell you something or maybe you encountered a friend or, or a person or an acquaintance that told you something that contradicted the Word of God. I know you have. Because it's everywhere. I didn't finish college, but I went for a little while. And you know, it never ceased to amaze me how these people that, that were so intelligent, they had spent so much time in school learning and and they have all these do, these doctorate degrees and, and, and they were still even going to school now probably. How they could just take the things that seem so in your face plain and obvious and just confuse them. You, you'll see them teach how science disproves God, but everything they say confirms it to me because they talk about how how wonderfully impossible it must be for these things to happen. And that tells me only one thing can happen. It had to be God to put it in motion if it's so impossible. But what I'm trying to tell you is that everywhere you turn, Satan is going to use those kind of things to try to tear down your trust and your belief in God and His Word. You have to have that trust. Trust. You have to know that when the time comes when you need it, it's gonna be there. That thing is gonna function and operate the way it's designed to do, just like any weapon of warfare you can imagine. If you don't have trust in it, if you don't know how to use it, if you don't know how to properly deploy that weapon, as they would say in the military, it won't do you any good. You run into a knife fight, I mean a gunfight with a knife, and you're probably gonna get shot. You know, these people may not specifically say they're trying to discredit the Word of God, but everything they say contradicts it. You know, it may be because they don't know any better. It may be because they have never had an opportunity to find out what it means to be a Christian. It may be that you're the very one to speak to them. And we talked in Sunday school this morning about... Defending what we believe. And we talked about how we all have opportunities to speak up for Jesus. Listen, we need to not only speak up for Jesus, but we need to make sure we're speaking up for what the Word of God says. Because listen, there's, there is times every, every time I turn around, I meet somebody else that wants to tell me what they think. And wanted to tell me what how their relationship with God is, and knowing that they ain't no more saved than anything else, but yet they seem to think they have some new spin on things, and they think they have it figured out. But listen, everything they tell me contradicts what the Word tells me. It tells me that they have this belief in something that is not pure and holy. They have a belief in something that's not eternal. They have a belief placed in they have placed their trust in something that ain't going to last them throughout the end of the week. But it's my responsibility to to tell them, not, not just to tell them you're wrong. I'm not just trying to start a fight with somebody. It's my responsibility as a Christian to tell them, listen, you're going about this the wrong way. You've been misled. Help. Let me help you understand. Let me help you straighten this out in your mind. Now listen, I ain't always got the words to say. There are times that I just have to keep my mouth shut. But when I'm prepared, and when the Holy Ghost speaks to me and tells me, say this to them. Tell them this Scripture. That's because... I have put my trust in the Word. It's because when I'm in the heat of battle, that's the weapon I'm going to go to. Because that's the only weapon I have. That's the one I trust the most. You know, I hate to just beat this dead horse to death, but when I was in the army, they... They teach you how to use a lot of different weapons. All kinds of different uh, rifles and different things. They teach you different fighting techniques. couldn't probably demonstrate one of them today if I had to, but my point is they teach you a lot of different things. But there's always one particular weapon that you deal with the most. It may be different for everybody. Me, myself, when I was actually put at my permanent duty station, I drove a track vehicle. And because of that, I carried an M16 with a grenade launcher under it. I don't know why. That's just the way they did it. Well, because of that, I got to go to the range and prove my, that I could qualify to shoot that thing. And I, wanted, I want you to know that if, if I were to ever have been sent to battle that is the weapon I would want with me. Because that's the one I had had the most training on. I was the most proficient with it. You know, they could have handed me some kind of uh, rocket launcher or something like that, and I might have been able to shoot the thing, but the point is, I know when when the battle was on, if something happened and that thing didn't work right, I would know how to make it work. And I would know that when the battle was on and somebody's running toward me, that's the one I would know how to use the best to do what I needed to do. That's the way it is with, our, with the Word of God. Listen, if you don't know how to use it, if you don't have your trust built up in that one weapon that you have, where are you going to turn? When, when the time comes that you need to go on the offensive, that's your only weapon. You can turn to whatever else that the world may offer, but it's not going to do you any good. You may come up with any kind of psycho babble that the world will teach, but listen, that weapon, you're not proficient with it. That weapon's not effective against spiritual things. Why is it that God gave us just one weapon? He gave us lots of defenses. But He gave us one weapon. Why is it? Because it's sufficient. That one weapon, it doesn't matter what circumstance you come in, it can handle every circumstance. If you're properly trained. If you properly understand. If you have taken the time to prepare yourself, that one weapon is enough. You don't need anything else. He gave it to you because it's perfect. He gave it to you because that's the One. What is the Word? John chapter 1 tells us that the Word was Jesus Christ. So think about that for a minute. The sword of the Spirit is the Word. The Word is Jesus. So you see, when you're putting your trust in that one weapon... When you're putting all everything you have, all, you're putting all your eggs in that one basket. You're putting your trust in Jesus. Because the word is Jesus. When when you have turned it all over to him, you're standing and you're fighting. You're you're not only defending what the word says, you're defending Jesus. Y'all may look at me like I'm crazy. Y'all may think today, what in the world has got into that guy? What is he talking about? But I want you to understand today that they are the same. That doesn't make any sense in human terms. How can words written on a page be equal to, a? don't even want to say a person, the Son of God? How is that? Because that word describes everything about him. That Word doesn't only describe it. Listen, that's that's easy human terms. That Word tells you everything about His character. That Word tells you everything about Him. It even gives you many instances where He was on this earth before He even came to this earth. It tells you about every physical manifestation there was of God. Now listen, I could stand up here all day telling you how great the Word of God is. But until you experience it yourself, until you you find one of them little nuggets of truth, and it just does something to you, and you're like, man, I never heard that before. I can't believe I've missed that all these times I've read. Until you find the first one, I can't change your heart. I can't change your mind. That's up to the Holy Spirit to speak to you and work through the word of God. But if you never take the time to read it, if you never spend any time in preparation, you won't ever have that opportunity. You've got to hear the word. Listen, the word tells us that faith comes from hearing the word of God. You may you may say today I don't have much faith. I can't hardly believe in nothing. Well, it's because you need to hear the Word of God more. That's, that's the only way your faith is built up. You can't build up your faith on your own. You know, I hear people all the time say, well, I don't need to go to church. I'm a Christian, but I can just stay at home. And I can have church with myself. Well, that's not what the Word of God says. That one, Once again, that contradicts the Word of God. If you're not... If you don't have enough of the Word in you to even know what it says about things like that, that is a perfect example of why you need to read and study the Word of God. It says faith comes from hearing the Word of God. It didn't say it comes from reading it. It didn't say it came from, from sitting at home thinking about God. It says it comes from hearing the Word of God. To me, that sounds like preaching. Now, you ain't got to come to my church. You ain't got to come listen to me preach. I'm not the end-all, be-all in preachers. I'm not trying to tell you that this morning. But I'm trying to tell you, if you're not sitting and listening to the Word being preached, and being listened, <clears throat> this ain't me talking. Yes, my lips are moving. My vocal cords are doing whatever they're supposed to do to get words out. But I didn't sit down and write out word for word what I'm going to say this morning. Because I might put my trust in something outside of myself. If it was all about my, my physical ability to prepare a sermon, I would just go home because y'all would be sorely disappointed. So when you come and you hear somebody preach, you're not coming to hear that person preach you're coming to hear the word of god it comes through the anointing of the holy spirit the word tells us that this sword it tells us that the word is sharper than any two-edged sword dividing us under even soul and spirit I want you to think today, you know, many people will tell you that there's errors in this word. And I want to tell you that I think that probably the only two ways that there's that you'll find errors is because, like I said earlier, the, the English translation is just wrong. Which, if you're studying, you can go back and look. You can look at the what the real Greek words or Hebrew words teach you. But the other way is because you've interpreted it wrong. You know, I've done that myself. And I've been corrected before. So, listen, we've got to place our trust in it. You know, look, I'm going to tell you this as simple as I can. It's just like your faith in God. Why do you believe in God? Is it because you met Him the other day on the street? Is it because He's ever showed up at your house to have dinner? Is it because you saw physically saw Him walking around? No. It's because you have chosen against all odds to just say, I believe in God. I'm going to trust in God because I believe that's Him I see working in my life. Because I believe He has done something for me that nobody else could do. So against everything that this physical world is going to tell me, I'm going to place my trust in Him. The Word is the same way. Now once you get into the Word, and once the Holy Spirit begins to minister to your heart, and you begin to see things in the Word happen, you don't have to have trust, blind faith, like you did before. But before that, you've got to listen. You've got to just say, okay... I don't care what all the world is telling me. I don't care what my, what my mental intellect is telling me right now. I'm just going to blindly trust that this is the infallible Word of God because I believe in Him. And because I believe that this Word that I read has got to be true. It has to be. Now once you get into it, and God begins to open up some of the mysteries of the Gospel. You can't convince me otherwise. But there was a point that I had to just decide. Am I going to believe this or not? If I'm going to believe it, I've got to believe all of it. I can't just believe the parts I like. The parts that sound good. Or the parts that are just cool stories. I've got to believe all of it. It either is or it isn't. I'm tired of gray areas. I'm tired of of people just thinking they can ride the fence and, and, and get by because it feels okay. Listen, there are some things that are wrong. There are some things that are right. And you've got to choose which side you're going to stand on. You've got to decide today. Just like... Joshua said, he said, I don't know about y'all, but I'm going to tell y'all today, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And part of that is, I guarantee you, if he was standing on the other end of the New Testament being written, he would have probably said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, and we're going to believe and trust in the Word of God that's written in these pages. Y'all give God a praise this morning. You might ask yourself today, what does it matter? Why is it so important? Let me tell you, if Satan can destroy your trust in the Word, there ain't nothing left. You don't have anything to fight with. That's the only, that's the only catch here. He gave you one weapon. It's a perfect weapon. But if you decide at some point, I don't trust that weapon anymore, what do you got left? What are you going to fight him with? When, when he's attacking your family, what are you? What promise are you going to stand on? When you've got a crisis financially, what are you going to stand on? When the bank's knocking at your door and, and it seems like you're just getting knocked to your knees every time you turn around for whatever reason, what are you going to take the fight to Him with? You know, a lot of people don't think in those kind of terms. But this is a spiritual warfare. It is war. You know, there is a a part of war that talks about defense, but you can't just defend all the time. We spend a whole lot of our life defending, but there comes a time, there comes a day, when you've got to stand up on your feet and you've got to say, enough is enough. I've had enough of you trying to rule me. And because of what the Word of God tells me, and I trust in that weapon, I'm going to take the fight to you for a while. I'm going to bind you in the name of Jesus because that's what the Word tells me I can do. It tells me through the name of Jesus... I have power over Him. If you don't know that, how would you know you could fight? If you didn't know about the whole armor of God that we just read about, how would you know what your defenses are and what your weapons are? If you don't know these things, you're just going to get beat up all the time. Before you know it, you ain't going to know what to believe in. I'm going to quit right there. I didn't come to beat y'all up this morning. Really, what my intentions was is to encourage you and let you know. Listen, I know it may not sound encouraging, but when you know, that's my weapon. I ain't got to worry about what Dr. Phil said, because that's not my weapon. It doesn't matter what Oprah Winfrey thinks about anything. Because this is my weapon, the Word of God. You know then where to focus your effort, don't you? You know that it don't matter what anybody else tells you as long as you know what the Word of God says.